you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Coming up on Total Access, The Locker Room. Coach, you understand when you event, you get special privileges. Well, my <laughs> special privileges in Tampa is I had three lockers. Oh. And I called it a three-bedroom apartment. So I had my main <laughs> locker, and then I had my cleats over here, and then I had this locker for whatever. They said, hey, Gerald, you know, gee, we got to use one of your lockers. I'm like, I use one of my lockers? All right, cool. Hey, I'm going to make him pay for this. And then I said, <laughs> there it is. I'm going to tell him he has to pay me rent. Oh, no. Welcome to NFL Total Access, the locker room. I'm Michael Robinson, joined by head coach Brian Billick. Coach, what's going on, big dog? Doing good today. Absolutely. Lots of football to talk about. We're going to let you guys in on what players and coaches really talk about inside the locker room. Today's episode, we bring in Gerald McCoy, you know, all pro everything and how his leadership style in the locker room affects every aspect of football. He talks about he has a great locker room story about how he brings uh, young guys into the locker room. Coach, they don't want to miss it. Yeah, no, and, and we're going to hear a great perspective about here's a, an established pro, a great player in this league, and now a different phase in his career, different uh, time in his life, and how his locker room and offseason takes on a whole different personality. Let's go, baby! Brady dropping under pressure. He'll be sacked. Gerald McCoy, the great Gerald DD93, going to be rocked from the side and dropped. And Gerald McCoy will get credit with that second. Lewis is going to lose yardage. Gerald McCoy putting the finishing touch. Winston under duress, and he is sacked at the 30. Third sack McCoy's been a part of against his former team. How nice is it to have Gerald McCoy back in the football game? And we're bringing in one of my favorite NFL players, Coach, uh, a defensive tackle, a former of the Dallas Cowboys, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Gerald McCoy, dude, is a playmaker, truly understands how to get to the quarterback. Gerald, welcome to the Total Access Podcast. How you doing today, brother? Man, I'm excellent. I thank y'all for having me. You know, I'm in the middle of rehab season. <laughs> you know, everybody had <laughs> NFL seasons. You got off season. Well, my season was rehab season. So I'm right in the heart of it. Um, you know, I'm still daddying, being a husband, but... Uh, I got to make sure these lights stay on, so I got to get back right. <laughs> well, I, I know that's right. Well, we were talking a little bit before we came on. Um, just to get back, that you said you're rehabbing, okay? You, you got her early in training camp uh, this past year. Is Are we going to see more of Gerald McCoy in 2021? Because, I mean, I want, I'm one of your fans, bro. I, I right, think we right. still got a lot of juice left. Absolutely, <laughs> man. I got a lot left. And um, I just got to show it, you know, a lot of people – believe while well, I was getting up in years and you know you get injured this late as a D lineman can he come back should he come back you know does he want to come back yes I want to come back and I am coming back I got a lot left um I just got to show it and once I show it people be like oh yeah yeah he do got a lot left so I'm excited I'm attacking rehab like I would do any offseason and uh, we'll see what happens 
right, all right. So, and, and Coach knows this. Coach, we got to get a locker room story from Jerry. Right. Okay, got to get a locker room story. Every TA podcast starts officially with the locker room story. Now, you're not on TV right now, so it ain't like you got it. We got some other rules. This is the TA podcast, Jerry. Right, we right. want the real deal stories and how it went down. Let's hear your locker room story, brother. Okay. My locker room story is from a vet standpoint, okay? You understand when you a vet, coach, you understand when you a vet, you get special privileges. Well, my (laughs) special privileges in Tampa is I had three lockers. Oh. And I called it a three-bedroom apartment. So I had my main (laughs) locker, and then I had my cleats over here, and then I had this locker for whatever. So whenever a new guy would come in, they'd say, hey, Gerald, we probably need to use one of your bedrooms. I'm like, "Uh." yeah, all right. So... They come in, there's a rookie who comes in, he's an old lineman. We have our, how the locker room was set up in Tampa when they uh, changed the locker room up. The offense was on the whole other side of the wall. Well, mm-hmm. when this particular rookie came in, he was an offensive lineman, and he came to the D-line corner. So mm-hmm. it was like, all right, how do I mess with this guy? They already have to take the locker, okay. <laughs> How can I give him a hard time? And I'm so not, it was already on your mind. Oh, you yeah, was ready. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not even into the rookie hazing, so it wasn't a haze, but I'm a, I'm a uh, prankster, so I like to yeah. play pranks. So they said, hey, Gerald, you know, gee, we got to use one of your lockers. I'm like, man, use one of my lockers? All right, cool. Hey, I'm going to make him pay for this. And then I said, <laughs> there it is. I'm going to tell him he has to pay me rent. Oh, no so, way. <laughs> so I went, to him, I went to him in, you know, my humble, calm way, but my, my vet voice. And I was like, hey, yeah. look, man, uh, it's great to have you on the team. Um, you know, they, I'm sure they informed you that these are my lockers. Well, usually I don't let people use them, but when people do use them, I make them, you know, well, it's kind of. In order for me to get my lockers, you got to pay me rent to be here. So um, at the end of every week, you know, I collect, you know, they can um, take it out of your check or whatever. This is no the off way. season. No way, bro. This is the off season. Rookies, they're not getting money. No. This is the off season. So I took it a step further instead of, because, you know, you hear these stories. He probably was like, nah, I don't know. I actually had a letter typed up. Get <laughs> went to the GM at the time and had him sign, sign it, it. Like, <laughs> official letter, and it was delivered to him like you would get a FedEx or a letter from the team. And I'm informing everybody, hey, I've done this. So he's going to the equipment staff. They're like, hey, listen, this guy been doing this all these years. He made these provos, man. Hey, this is how it goes in the league. You got if he say you got to pay him rent, you got to pay him rent. He going to the training staff. Does this? Do I really got? They like, listen, you. I don't know why you keep going to everybody. It's not going to change. Just pay the man his rent. Oh, my goodness. And you'll be able to keep the locker. <laughs> and he's, like, going to people like, I don't know. I can't I can't even pay my own rent. <laughs> you know, he's what like, you, what'd you charge him? Yeah. yeah what you charge him? What were you charging him? Uh, 2500 a week. Oh. <laughs> that was more than his apartment. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. And, and um. You know, he's like, I heard he called home, like, man, mom, I don't know how I'm going to pay. Like, and I, could, oh, I got such a big heart, I couldn't even let it last for more than a day, man. I had to go say, listen, <laughs> you know, relax. So that that's that's one of my favorite locker room stories, man, because, like, I put a lot of thought in that. I had to start going to people around the building to make sure everybody was in on it. So nobody was like, man, you ain't got to pay him rent, you know. So anyway. 
Well, well, hey, we're talking about, you know, uh, life in the locker room on this on this week's episode. And, and, and now you're talking about that you're a prankster. You know, you're not in the hazing, but you do got right, some, right. Some, some things that you do to newcomers uh, to the team. Talk about how that lightens up the mood in locker rooms. Talk about how that makes it um, more joyful to come to work every day. Because as coach can tell you, you know, you know, and you know, we get into this monotonous schedule of right. the National Football League. And sometimes we need that comedic break as you provide every locker room that you've been in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's great that um, when a young guy comes in and they see a name, a person that they've seen on TV, maybe from high school, maybe from college, they see this person playing in the NFL and they walk in the locker room and it's like, man, he's right wow. there. I think it's excellent if that person or those people show that they're just like you. Mm-hmm. They like to have fun. They don't want to take it serious all the time. When it's time to be serious, I'm going to be serious. When it's time to play, I'm going to play. That's just how it's going to be. And I think that's extremely important. So I always try to provide that. Hey, listen, when we're going to work, we're going to work. And when we rest, we're going to rest. When we in the locker room, we're hanging out. This is our hangout spot. You, when you're in the locker room, you can get away from meetings. You can get away from <laughs> practice. You can get away from your kids. You can get away from your wife. Yep. That's what we're going to do in the locker room. So we in here after practice, let it go, man. You deal. If you had a bad practice, don't bring it in here. Mm-hmm. We'll deal with it. We, this is where we decompress and we have fun. That's what the locker room is for. But also, the locker room is where you build camaraderie. You know, when people say we break it down, people say family, the locker room is where you build that. So if a person does have a bad practice and you see a guy who's usually joyful and he's sitting in his locker, he don't have that same energy, that's where the vets come in. Or that's Mm -hmm. where people, that's where you grow close and you figure out, okay, I can talk to him a certain way. I can't talk to him a certain way. I can do this, I can do that. And that's where you start bringing the team together. And I truly believe that most people who retire, and I know just this offseason, just missing this season, what I miss the most is the locker room. Just that joking around, that playing, (laughs) that talking about a bunch of stuff that don't matter, but just having fun with it. And the locker room, that's just what an NFL locker room is. Yeah, Gerald, it's always interesting for me when when I see a young player come into the league and and they're trying to figure it out and they do all the stuff that young people do. And then then they get older and particularly guys that I've been able to be with for a long time. And Mike and I have talked about this. You get to the point. It's always fun to hear now the old guys like Mike going, ah, man, I don't understand these young guys. These young guys just don't have, they don't know how to be a pro anymore. Talk a little bit about how the young player coming in today yeah. that you're dealing with is a little bit different player. So you bring them into that locker room and that's great. They got that sanctuary. They learn to be a pro there, but on the field, talk about dealing with the young personalities today. Yeah. these. I mean, we in the TikTok era. So <laughs> Whoa. What, hold on. What does that mean? What you mean we in the TikTok era? What that mean? The, the TikTok era. Everything has to be on TikTok. Everything <laughs> has to be on social media. Everything, the, the social media era. Let me say this. Mm-hmm. So I call it the TikTok era because TikTok is, everybody's doing TikToks. They're doing this and doing that and this and that. And it's all for social media. Mm-hmm. And that's just the era we're in. So guys come in, they want to look a certain way. They want to do this. They got to make sure that it's perfect, that it's like this, that it's, man, Alicia, you came <laughs> here to be a pro. You came here, two things, be the best you can be and win a championship. That is it. And until you learn how to actually be a pro, you're going to go through your ups and downs. And mm-hmm. I, I, I tell young guys this all the time. 
there's a difference in being a professional football player and being a pro. You guys know what a pro is. He's in the building early. He's making sure his body is right. He's taking care of his body. He's studying. He's practicing the right way. He's taking care of his body after practice. He does things the right way. He's a he is a pro. And I tell young guys that all the time, learn to be a pro and not just be a professional football player. Like when you get drafted, okay, now you're a professional football player. Yeah. That's your tag. <laughs> but are you a pro? There's a big difference in that. And I think a lot of young guys don't understand it. They think, well, shoot, I'm in the league now. Now I'm mm-mm. there's a difference. And mm-hmm. one big example of that is Tampa is finding that out now. A lot of guys were professional football players, but then Tom came to the locker room and they said, you know what? <laughs> I wasn't a pro yet. <laughs> I wasn't a pro yet. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't a pro yet. That guy is a pro. Now, obviously, he's one of the best we've ever had, but that's what a pro looks like. And I think guys have to see that, and then that's where they start to come along. Well, I'm glad you brought Tom Brady up, man, because, yeah, obviously he's the GOAT. We, we see the six Super Bowls and all of those things, but I'm not too sure that the common uh, just football fan understands the professionalism that Tom brings, the the way he affects the locker room and the culture of a team. I know you still got some friends in that locker room up there in Tampa. Talk about how they think that Tom has affected that locker room and how it's different possibly now than maybe it was when you were a part of that locker room. Yeah, well, the mindset is completely different. They they brought in a guy who knows how to win and who has won. So it's mm. different. For me, the respect I got in the locker room was this guy is an all-pro. He's a pro bowler. He knows how to play at the highest level against the highest competition and be successful. But this guy is mm. a six-time Super Bowl <laughs> champion. So what he knows is a little different than what Gerald knows. So whatever he's telling us, we going that way. <laughs> I, I I personally believe ain't nothing wrong with that. I mean, like mm-hmm. you bring a guy in that has won and knows how to win, you listen to that, and that's just that's just what you do, man. And me, my personal story that I know the impact he can have is when you have those joint practices. Mm-hmm. We practice against when he was with the Patriots, and individually you do one on ones, you beat the O line up. You go to the one-on-ones, DBs, receivers, and you win those. You're like, how'd it go? Oh, we killed him. We killed him. And then you go to team period. (laughs) Yeah. And you put put 12 behind that O-line. And you put those receivers with 12, and everything changes. And it's like, wait, what? You didn't block me three times. (laughs) Now, all of a sudden, you – and that's just what he brings. And there was one instance we had a bad – they had a bad period. This is when uh, Greg Chiano was our coach, and they came to Tampa. They had a bad team period, and our defense won. Tom stopped practice. He said, start the period over. We're going again. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold. The quarterback did that. Yeah. For the other, for, so Tom stopped everything. Oh, no, we're going to start this thing over. He said, stop it. We're starting over. We're going to do that period again. This is, oh. yeah, this is 20, I say this was 2012. This is 2012. It's and Bill let it go. Bill Belichick let it happen. Absolutely. It's all good. He he was one of and the Shiano main people. let it happen. He was one of the main people like, oh, yeah, we starting that yeah. over. This, this ain't going like that. Because we were a young team at the time. And these are the Patriots. You know, they coming off, um, I think they had just lost the Super Bowl to the mm-hmm. Giants. So 
They like, nah, nah, this ain't happening again. So we're not starting the season like this. Against this young team, we should be running through there. No, no, start the period over. And I was like, do I, I look at Cole like, do I got to start the period over? Yeah, yeah, you got you got some extra reps too, yeah. He said, he said, hey, you heard what he said, right? I'm like, dang. And then that's when I knew I wasn't a pro yet. Uh. <laughs> I wasn't a pro yet. And that was my first year making the Pro Bowl. Seeing that transformed my mind. And that's just what Tom Brady brings. Gerald, when when uh, we're, we're talking about life in the locker room and the, the different dynamic, and I and I love I love an NFL locker room. There's not there's not a more diverse atmosphere in America. Any business that has different guys from different walks of life and race, religion, and creeds, and economic backgrounds and locations in the country that all come together in a team. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about because you you obviously when you go into Dallas and then there's the injury. How that how that changes a little bit for you. You're still a member of the team. You want to be a part of it, but when you're injured and rehabbing within a season, and some of the things that 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 changes the dynamic a little bit. Yeah, it does. And the, the, what you try and do is do your best to get to know who's around you, mm-hmm. and let them get to know you. Because uh, once guys really understand and get to know you, because like you said, everybody comes from different walks of life. So in the locker room, you have to get to know each other. You have to see, mm-hmm. but you have to make it a point to get to know each other. See, in college, you you come in with this class, there's a few guys who might not stay all the time. Yeah. But for the most part, y'all going to at least be there a minimum of three years together. And mm-hmm. that's including the people that came before you. Y'all might be together three or four years, but your class is going to be together at least three years. NFL is not like that. You see a new wave of players come in every year. So you have to make it a point to get to know each other. And once you do that, you can have an injury and not be in the locker room and still be able to communicate with guys. Like mm-hmm. me and Neville Gallimore, for example, drafted third round by Dallas this year. When I couldn't be in the building, he would come home and we would FaceTime and mm-hmm. we would go over the stuff. Like, hey, listen, this is what you need to because, you know, the NFL has an NFL replay yep. app where yep. you can watch the coaches film. So what I would do, because I couldn't get the film, so I would watch it on that. And I would break it down and say, hey, this mm. is what you got to be doing. This is this. This is this. I couldn't do that with Demarcus Lawrence. <laughs> he's, mm-hmm. he's a yeah. vet. He does it his way. But I knew I could do it with a Neville Gallimore. You just, and that's why you got to understand who you're in the locker room with and make it a point to get to know each other. And that's how you become a team and start to grow. And that's the different dynamic of being in different types of locker rooms, man. You just got to make it a point to get to know each other. Man, so talk about the differences in those locker rooms. You, you were in you were in Tampa, and then you you were in Dallas. If you if you could talk about some differences between those locker rooms, I mean, one you were drafted into, you you, you built you know you built pedigree there, you built up some time, some experience there, and then all of a sudden now, yeah, you were one of the vets on that team. And Dallas, I remember leaving from San Francisco, going to Seattle. At first, it was kind of like, yeah, I'm a vet, but I'm still new to this team, though. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I had never been outside of San Francisco. Just talk about the differences in those two locker rooms and kind of what you brought to both locker rooms. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a blessing to have had some personal success because mm-hmm. then your name travels, your name yeah. carries weight. So you can go in any locker room. And I always try and teach my son to be the circus. And he was like, circus? What does that mean? Okay, the circus travels, right? 
Uh-huh. But wherever the circus goes, it's going to sell out and people come to see it, right? Mm. So be the circus. The circus can travel. It can go anywhere. <laughs> You're the show. So yeah. people want to see the show. So I always try to carry that mentality is I'm showing respect where I'm at, but I carry myself in a manner of, well, I'm the show. Yeah. You carry yourself that way, not in the arrogant way, but confidence. I'm, anybody in the circus, they know they can go anywhere and they're going to be the show. They're confident of that. That's how you have to carry yourself when you go to these different locker rooms. So in Tampa, it was, I grew up there. You know, I was a kid, grew mm-hmm. into a vet, earned my respect there and in the league. Okay. So when I left, when I go to Carolina, Carolina, the dynamic there was you had um, guys who you knew because they're in the same division. Um, but mm-hmm. you get to see how different locker rooms work because Tampa, I was always around a young group of guys. Well, when I got to Carolina, I Older. was around a lot of vets yeah, and a lot of names. Okay. You're around the Cam Newtons, the Luke Keekleys. You're around names like that. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. But then you get to Dallas and you're around stars. <laughs> you know, <laughs> these guys are not, you know, no pun intended. These guys are literally stars because they're the Cowboys. The Cowboys, wow. good, bad, and different. They're the most talked about team in the NFL. That's just, it's just, it's just a fact. Yeah. So yeah. now you're around stars. So you just got to find a way to intertwine with all these different people, but always understand you are the circus. So walk in there with some confidence. Don't walk in there with your head down. <laughs> Don't walk in there being arrogant. Don't walk in there trying to take over the locker room. Get in where you fit in, but understand you got to carry yourself with confidence. And that's when guys are going to accept you. If you come in with no confidence, guys ain't going to accept you. They're like, no. man, we brought this dude in. He's supposed to be. <laughs> you got to come in and carry yourself with confidence. So when you can carry yourself with confidence and be yourself everywhere, you can fit in any locker room. Mm. That's, That's awesome. great. You know, Gerald, and, and it, the fact that you've had these different experiences, which is great because it just adds to your resume in terms of the different experiences you had. You, you started off talking about uh, having to rehab. That's one of the tough things, a player that gets to this stage in life, uh, the off season. There is no off season. It, it's a whole new season. Talk a little bit about, because you're still part of that locker room now, to where, I mean, it's still a full time. I don't know that people fully appreciate that it's particularly someone who's rehabbing, getting ready in the latter stage of his career. It's a, it's a full-time job in the off season. It definitely is, man. Um, and it's tough, man. The rehab, I think it's the hardest part of sports because mm. at the same token, with rehabbing, you're trying to get back to normal. Everybody else who's healthy is building on what they already have. So you have to go through the grueling process of rehab. You go from being a world-class athlete that's being able to do all these different things to not being able to do stuff you've been able to do your whole life, having to relearn how to do it all over again just to get back to square one. Then after you get back to square one, you got to try and build on that to get back to where you was at. And it's extremely difficult and it's more draining mentally than physically. Because if you think about training camp, you beating your body up every day. You know, you go through the season, you have practice uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, walk through and then you got the game. You used to doing the physical activity and then you, if you're doing things right, being a pro, you stay in shape year round. Bruce Smith told me 
It's easier to stay in shape than get in shape. Uh, so when you're being like a that. pro, you stay in shape year round. But take an injury, now you're having to rehab, do what you can to stay in shape. Once you get back normal, now you can get back to doing what it is you can. So it's like you're playing catch up the whole time. So it's a very, like, I don't want to say grueling, but it is on your mental. Yeah. Because it's tough to do what we do every day healthy. Now you're trying to do what we do every day, not healthy. And uh, it's tough, but when you want it bad enough, mm-hmm. just do it, man. Absolutely, man. Hey, hey, Gerald, I, I can't thank you enough for coming by the Total Access podcast and joining us, man. Great insight. Um, great insight on your leadership style and locker rooms, all of those things, man. And uh, great perspective from Coach U2. And that will do it for this week's episode of Total Access, the locker room. For more insight with the locker room point of view, check out the latest episodes every Wednesday and Friday on Apple and Spotify. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.